are now listening to Podcasting in Pinstripes, the official New York Yankee podcast of Gotham Sports Network. Welcome back to another episode of Podcast and In Pinstripes, the official New York Yankees podcast on the Gotham Sports Network. As always, you got Sam and Steve here breaking down the latest and greatest of Yankees baseball. Sam, it's been two weeks and we have a lot to talk about. Judge, Red Sox, Yankees, Mets, everything going on here. How are you doing? I'm doing all right, Steve. I wish since we last recorded that the Yankees did not have a very disappointing homestand followed by... Not the greatest showing in the Subway Series. I mean, maybe should have lost both. I think one or two was the fair outcome for both teams. But you, you, you face two teams like the White Sox and Red Sox and go two and four at home after a great road trip against the Mariners and Dodgers where you go four and two out on the West Coast. It's a bit disappointing. You lose Aaron Judge, 39-30, and 30, but with the way the standings are going, this is all sorts of messed up. The Yankees are nine and a half out of the division. They're one and a half up on the final wildcard spot. And then you look at the AL Central, and the first place team is 35-33. and 33. The Yankees are 39-30 and 30 in the position they're in now. So a lot to mull over. But we're here for another great episode, and what's not to like? What's not to like? I'll tell you what's not to like. Yeah, the Yankees are a Triple A AAA team without Aaron Judge, so I think that's the the only place that we could really start is is the injury to the big man on what was a unbelievable catch that unfortunately now every time I see it I'm gonna get mad. Aaron Judge going back on a ball late in a game. Jumps, makes a crazy catch, literally breaks the fucking wall down in in Dodger Stadium, but happens to smack his foot on a concrete slab that is not protected for some reason after 30 years of baseball. Um, and I guess luckily did not break his toe, uh, has a strain, got an injection, and now we just wait and see. It's the, the timeline here, people are mad about it, but the timeline is he'll play when he's ready. And you just don't know when that's going to be. I have a feeling it's least until the All-Star break. But like you said, a great trip out West initially. You know, played well versus the, the Mariners and played well versus the Dodgers. And Judge was center stage. You know, Yankees, Dodgers, nothing better. And Judge was dominating. Judge was Aaron Judge. You're like, this guy is the MVP again. It's going to be, you know, a freak show here. And then another freak injury. His third freak injury of his career um, that's going to cost the Yankees here some serious wins uh, and, and judge some time to get ready and get back because this guy was the most feared hitter in baseball and was playing lights out offensively and defensively and, and a weird injury like that. It's no shock that the very next day there was padding on that spot. It's going to be, should be known as the Aaron Judge wall. Um, and the crazy thing about that catch, Sam, like, that wasn't even the, the gate to where like the players come out. That's just a fence. <laughs> and he went right through it. That wasn't like he opened the door. To the bullpen. That was just a different, weird chain link part of the fence, and he just bursted through it. Um, and, and you know, if he didn't get hurt, I think we see that play for years. But that now that it led to an injury, you know, I'm nervous that that what this could be for you know for the rest of the season for Judge and the Yankees. It's going to be interesting because this is the second IL stint for him. Really a shame that the Dodgers did not have anything there for protection between the fence opening. 
and the concrete slab. I mean, what the hell are we doing here? This team is so painful offensively to watch without him, and it really shouldn't be this way. They have other guys making big money. Starts with Giancarlo Stanton, Josh Donaldson, Anthony Rizzo, who's like one for his last 87 at the plate. Labor Torres is in there, although he's not on a big contract. Anthony Volpe is struggling at shortstop. We'll get to him. This team's incredibly mid without him in the lineup. And like I said just now, it should not be that way. They have some guys picking up the slack. Jake Bowers has been really good since coming up. Uh, Willie Calhoun can bang for sure. We'll get (laughs) to all that. But I'm disappointed with how mid they look on offense without Judge. It almost reminds me of the 2013 and 2014 teams. Like, Cano was elite during that 2013 season. And then the Yankees sign a bunch of guys. They sign Ellsbury, Beltron, that next offseason. And then 2014, the offense was just missing something without Cano. I don't know if that's a good analogy. I might just be spitballing a little bit here, but it reminds me of that, Steve. And it's you mentioned that the, the team is mid without without Judge, and the reality is the lineup is is, is straight up bad without him. Like the, you know, Aaron Judge has you know uh, a, you know forty because I'm basically forty percent of the time. The Yankees as a team now are under thirty percent of the time, which is twenty eighth in baseball. That's terrible. So like if you take Aaron Judge out of the lineup for the whole season, uh, Yankees are 29th in batting average, 29th in on-base percentage, sorry, 28th in on-base percentage, 21st in slugging, and 24th in OPS. I'd be happy if this, this lineup was mid without him. They're terrible. They're, they're, it's crazy. And you mentioned, you know, the, those those guys, that the, the bigger names here that, that need to put it together. Since since that injury, Rizzo is batting under, under 100. John Carlos Stan batting under 100. Josh Donaldson batting under 100. Claybert Torres batting 200. DJ LeMayu batting 215. Like, that's your, literally your two, three, four, five, six hitters in the lineup here. And combined, they have a 147 average since Judge got hurt. It should have been 147, this- Sam. It's only been 11 days. So, like, eight. But still, I don't care the small sample size. You Rizzo, Stanton, Donaldson, Torres, LeMayu. They're all just become home runner bust now. You know, DJ's looking really sluggish, like he's fallen off a cliff lately. Couple, couple hits versus versus the Mets, and you hope that can turn it around. But I mean, Josh Donaldson's got five home runs. Awesome. He's got six fucking hits on the year. He's got five home runs in a single. Why is he in the lineup? Why is he in the lineup batting third with Glaber Torres on the bench? Glaber Torres is a young, fit person. The Yankees have day off, two games day off. You telling me Glaber Torres can't play those games? I don't care what his 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 salary is anymore. There's no reason Glaber Torres shouldn't have started uh, on on Wednesday versus the Mets. And Donaldson came up in big spots and did nothing. And then you pinch hit Glaber Torres for the wrong guy. You know, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa stole the show. Literally stole home and stole the show. And I understand he's not, you know, a big threat. But he's better than Josh Donaldson. You had an opportunity to pinch hit Glaber Torres for Donaldson a few innings before that. And then you pinch hit Torres for Kiner-Falefa and Torres gets out. Connor Flair has been your most exciting player the past week. Why are you pinch hitting for him? Steve, I agree with all your points, and you make a lot of good ones. This lineup without Judge, it goes back to last season 
late last season when the Yankees almost had a historic collapse in the division. And it was Aaron Judge who was not letting them lose games down the stretch. I remember that game late in the season against Boston. He had like four of the Yankees' six hits, but two were home runs. It's the relying on this guy to be the savior. And I get he's the American League MVP, but holy cow, when I'm talking about the most bright spots in the offense being Jake Bowers, Willie Calhoun. Billy McKinney, Isaiah, who we didn't even know was on the team. Throw him in there. And Isaiah Connor-Falefa. Something has gone terribly wrong. I mean, imagine saying two months ago before our first episode of the season that, that we're recording on June 15th. And I'm saying, Steve, the standouts from the offense in since the last time we recorded are Jake Bowers, Willie Calhoun, Billy McKinney, and Isaiah Connor-Falefa. I mean, what the hell would you be saying to me right now? Would you think... The Yankees are six games under 500 and 15 games out of first place. Yeah. And the best part is all those players just named are all playing out of position. None of them are playing in like the position that they, they are like supposed to be playing. We had Connor Falef as our starting center fielder. Uh, you know, Billy McKinney can play all around, but he's playing center field as well too. A position he never played before being called up again. You know, Jake Bowers is a traditionally a first baseman. We got him out there in right and left field. Billy Calhoun little round mound to pound. It should be a strictly a DH these days. He's, he's playing the field. So we're playing all these guys out of position in the outfield. Uh, luckily, it looks like Harrison Bader will be back uh, on Friday. So that, that puts – but like you said, those have been our best players. And Harrison Bader coming back puts one of them on the bench. Um, so it doesn't really help for you know all the guys we just listed. It doesn't help them, their situation, and where this lineup is going to be. It's going to come down to those six guys we just we listed there, the Rizzo – you know, Rizzo's had a great year up until the last two weeks. He, he's really, he was bad over 300. He's down all the way down to like 270 now. It's really tough to lose 30 points in your batting average in two weeks. That means you're just not literally never getting on base. It is, uh, it's frustrating to see, but then you say at the same time, we're nine games over 500. And that's, it's crazy to think about how that is even possible. Um, and, and, you know, they played one of the toughest schedules too. Yeah, you're, it's a great point. They've had an extremely tough schedule. I mean, the AL beast is, is crazy. I, I think, you know, to wrap it up on Judge, I think he's out to at least the All-Star break. And, and for for me, that's, you got to get, you got to tread water until then. And that's, look, since since the the, the smog out of, uh, of New York City on, on Wednesday, June 7th, the Yankees are loss, win, loss, win, loss. So they're just alternating here. Look, if we alternate until the All-Star break, that puts the Yankees at a 90-win pace and in a playoff spot, and hopefully Judge is back. That, that's what you got to pray for here. I have no idea how you're going to win these games with, with this lineup, but someone's got to step it up. And thank you, that's to turn it into Connor Falefa. Someone's got to step it up, and no one in their right mind would have said that would have been starting center fielder for the Yankees, Isaiah Connor Falefa, who in his last 30 games, he is batting 267 with a – a, you know, uh, 305 on base percentage, three home runs, 13 RBIs, four stolen bases, including a stolen base of home. Um, his last 15 games, he's batting 300. He's got more hits than all those players we just come by- said. He's got more hits the last 15 games than Rizzo, Stanton, Donaldson, Torres, and LeMahieu combined. I think a big reason for this is because he's not playing shortstop, a position some say he really wasn't supposed to be playing. And he had to fill the shoes last year of being the starting shortstop for the New York Yankees, 
which is one of the most iconic titles you can have in all of sports. Now the Yankees are just throwing him out there, letting him do his thing, letting him swing away. He's free thinking. They they taught him center field a little bit during spring training, and he's been pretty good out there. He's been good in the outfield. I think he's been good. He's he's playing a lot more loose than he was, and I think the whole thing of not being the starting shortstop for the New York Yankees and having that kind of mental block in the back of the head is a big reason why he's been good as a role player this year. I saw something the other night. It was that IKF right now is what we all hoped Tyler Wade would turn into. Yeah. And I thought that was a good comparison. I mean, it's the same thing that he, this is what I thought Oswaldo Cabrera would be this year. Minus, you know, the playing center field, but kind of a jack-of-all-trade. Play left field a lot. You know, win the left field job. Play shortstops if you need to. Get into third base for a little bit. He, he is, uh, look, he's still not good. He's not amazing. He, he's got a, still has a technically a negative war on the season for baseball reference. His OPS plus is 72. But given the state of the Yankees, he's been everything we could have asked for and more. Um, and, you know, it's crazy to think, where would the Yankees be without Connor Falefa? They, they 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 wouldn't be as, as where they are right now. I'll tell you that. Just because I don't know who we would have playing. Just from just he's been a body that that's shown up and played average, and, and we're praising him. But that that's that's what it is. The 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 shine is probably going to wear off. But he's he's a starter for the Yankees, and look, we didn't want him playing fifty games to start the year, but he's played in fifty three games already. It's a Interesting scenario the Yankees have with, with Connor Fleff, and we'll see where it goes when they get fully healthy. Because as I mentioned, Harrison Bader is is back for the for the Red Sox. Um, and look, and we talked about Bader a lot. You know, he had a really good start to the year before he got hurt again. Start to his year after being hurt, um, and the Yankees really increased their their hitting a lot when when he came in. And, and it's going to be huge. The impact he had when he came to came onto the you know. Came back from injury. It has been great. He's been 26 games, and, and he's he's been great. So I think this is a huge boost for the Yankees, and I'm really interested to see how the offense does around Bader. Can Bader elevate those guys like Rizzo, Stanton, and Glaber, adding him to the lineup? I don't know where you put him in the lineup right now. I think I might put him. I might put Bader fourth, to be honest. Fourth. That's Glaber. That's just Glaber, Rizzo, Stanton. Bader, I think, should be our, our top our four until uh, until um, Judge comes back. Bader was in the fifth spot before his injury too, so that makes some sense of why he would move up. I don't I don't think I don't think you should have Lemayu and Donaldson above him. I don't think Donaldson should, Donaldson should be in the lineup. So I, I have Bader fourth. I have to agree with you there. I'm happy that he was able to come back fast too. It's only been two weeks since his injury, and they did have him play in a rehab game while. The Yankees were playing the Mets, but he's going to provide a big boost. He did last time when he came back as well, when Judge was still out, and Bader just lengthened that lineup because for a while, those five to nine, six to nine hitters, it was a triple A lineup. And it was that's our top five site. (laughs) It's they're going to be producing better. I'm not worried about that. And they're nine games over 500. 
Talking about and, a team we just played. I mean, look, look at the Mets. I mean, they've had everything go wrong this year, it seems like, aside from Pete Alonso, and now he's injured, and the Mets are four games under 500. Yeah, it's very conceivable that you could say the Yankees should have the Mets record right now. But they don't. They're, they're, they're significantly better than the Mets. Um, and given the long list of injuries, it's, uh, it's surprising. The soft spot of the schedule kind of coming up now, too. Um, later in you know just to, in July, so we'll we'll see what goes on there. Um, Sam, the, the only reason we're talking about the Yankees not having the same record as the Mets is, is the bullpen. If we compare the Mets bullpen versus the Yankees bullpen. I know that they they gave up the lead um, on Wednesday, but it is it is eye opening when you look at those two kind of two teams and you realize how big of a strength this bullpen is for the Yankees. Peralta, Holmes, Marinaccio, Jimmy Cordero, Mike King. You pick. Who do you want to talk about first? Because those guys are have saved the season for us so far. I got to talk about Clay Holmes because he looks like his old self out there on the mound. Coming in, last two batters on Tuesday night. Bottom of the eighth inning, bases loaded. Lindor and Marte just keep battling and battling and battling. And he gets him out of the eighth inning and hands it off to King for the ninth. His stuff, his stuff was nasty. And all the talk was... Oh, how does Lindor strike out there? How does Lindor strike out? I'm sorry, Mets fans. Clay Holmes' stuff was absolutely nasty. You got to give a tip of the cap to Holmes, who, who has been one of the best relief pitchers in baseball the last couple of years since he's been traded to the Yankees, give or take a couple bad stretches. But with an elite Clay Holmes, this bullpen is a different animal. It is amazing to see him back kind of at where he was. Say, so if you take away his first appearance verse of the year versus the Giants on April 1st, where he went two and a third innings and two earned runs, he has 28 innings, 36 strikeouts, six earned runs. That's a 1.19 ERA. That, that's elite all-star level closer stuff. And the Yankees, have they've mixed and matched Clovers all around. Like he's, only got, um, he's only got eight saves on the year. Even though he's he's entered thirty games, so he they're using him in the right spots, pick and choosing when he's the ninth inning guy. Like we said, great call by by Boone to to have him come in with that bases loaded after Peralta shit the bed there um, to to save that game. And you're right, you know Lindor's been struggling. He didn't have a chance. I don't care. <laughs> and Marte after that, he got, Clay almost had a bad call against him. That that at bat should have been over in four pitches. Um, he he looked amazing. Uh, I am mad that he wasn't used yesterday. Why? Why would he face two batters? Like he threw what? Set eighteen pitches. Clay Holmes can go back to back there, and even you know, especially with the day off here, I thought I thought Boone should have pushed it. He said all those guys were 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 not possible, and we have to go with you know Ramirez in the tenth inning. Uh, I would have liked to see Clay Holmes come in for a few batters uh, yesterday because he's been that electric. He is back to what what we've been hoping for, and I hope it continues. And and I don't want to give him straight. The closer role. I think you know having mixing him Peralta and King as a as a three headed monster of a closer is awesome because like I said he's been amazing. He's 30, 36 strikeouts in 20, 29 innings, so he's been great. And then Mike King. That, that wasn't the only issue that I had in the loss Wednesday night in the bullpen. I have no clue why Albert Abreu was taken out when he was throwing the ball better than we've ever seen him. In he looked him. great. <laughs> yeah. Boom. They wanted the lefty lefty matchup, uh, you know, but like I, I, I don't. The the bigger thing there isn't Nick Ramirez. It's it's you know Peralta struggled. 
I get that, but but you 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 use Wandy, you, you burn him to the ground. That's the kind of pitcher he is. I, I would have gone Peralta there if you wanted to go lefty lefty. I would have gone, you know, um, again like I said with Clay Holmes. You know, he he does great for lefties too. Um, using Nick Ramirez in that situation is not was not the move I would have made there too. And look, it was a look. And if Judge is out there, that's a that's a catch. He's a phenomenal outfielder, and he probably makes that catch. We had a first baseman out there. It was a good hit by Nemo. But he got turned around a few times there. We just suck in extra innings. I saw that yeah. since when we're on the road. So when we start the inning with a guy on second base, we we never we never score. We are one in ten in the last two years on the road in extra innings. The one win came this year that Saturday game against Cincinnati. Yeah, um, yeah. And he looked, scored like three right in the in the in the eleventh or whatever it was. Yeah, uh, Rizzo had that big home run, Steve. You made the point of how the bullpen's being used this year. If you take out Davey Garcia's three-inning save in that one game, I forget which one it was, the Yankees have six players with saves this season. Uh, Seven if you count the Davey Garcia for stats purposes, but six different players with legitimate saves this year. Uh, I like it. We've talked about this in years past. You mentioned it as well just now. Kind of going with the hot hand and seeing how the game plays out. We've seen Holmes in the 6th, 7th, 8th, ninth innings. I really like the way they're going with the bullpen. It seems like whoever the Yankees pick up and put in the bullpen, they produce. It's like one of those things in sports that... I don't know. It's like some teams, they can just... It's like the Miami Heat with undrafted free agents. There you go. That's, I like that. That's probably the best comparison I have. Yeah. And now they added to it with, with Tommy Kaleen coming back. He's looked sharp in his uh, in his six appearances since, since coming off the IL. And we're doing this without Jonathan Luizga, who might have the best stuff out of any of these guys. Who's going to be gone until probably September or maybe you know the, the year. It's uh, you, you bash Brian Cashman for, for everything for the past decade, and, and that's under, understandable here. But one thing he knows how to do is build a bullpen of, of nobodies. Clay Holmes traded for Hoy Park. Wani Peralta traded for Mike Talkman. Ron Marinaccio, 19th round draft pick. Mike King traded for Garrett Cooper and Caleb Smith. Jimmy Cordero signed on a minor league contract. Ian Hamilton signed on a minor league contract. And this is a bullpen that's the best in baseball, hands down. It's impressive. There's a lot of guys playing roles in this bullpen, and it's not, Aaron Boone not being afraid to use any of them he still stinks given the situation. He still stinks at putting guys in tough spots that they shouldn't be in, but they're, they're so good at saving him a lot of times. Yeah, and that's just how it is. I'm not agreeing with every one of his decisions, but how he's managing this, we're not having a set closer in the ninth inning, is really good, and a lot of the guys have stepped up to, to the occasion, and that's Really great to see this has been the strongest unit of the Yankees by a, the size of the Grand Canyon. They're, they're, they're the Mets without them. With them, That's under 500, and the, the Bronx would be burning in not the fun way of the 70s because of it. Um, so we've got to stay with it. I expect us to look for more improvements in the bullpen at the deadline. It seems to be a specialty that, that, that the Yankees have because um, eventually, you, you, you know, 31 appearances for Holmes already, 32 for Peralta, 29 for Marinaccio, 25 for Abreu. And there's still room to improve. Like, there's still room. Like, we had Ryan Weber on this team for, you know, unfortunately he's going to have Tommy John. 
but you know we there's there's still room to improve this bullpen and and get healthier hopefully with with Luizaga coming back at the end of the year. To the guys that pitch first, you know, um, Garrett Cole is still our ace, and we talk about him often. So it's I need to apologize to Clark Schmidt after backing this guy for four or five years and demanding that he get a full run of a starter. He sucked to start the year, and, and I got off the Clark Schmidt train. And after after all these years. I got off at the wrong point because Clark Schmidt looks pretty good. Clark Schmidt has been a very serviceable player for the Yankees um, and much needed given the, the way the injuries have gone. Um, we can kind of talk about how the struggles of Luis Severino have made what Clark Schmidt's done even more important for this team. You know, overall, it's not doesn't look pretty. In 14 starts, he's 2-6 and six with a 4-7 uh, ERA. But last seven games, 3.82 ERA, getting a little better. He's you know still striking out a ton of ton of uh, of batters, giving up a little too much hits. But I'm no longer cringing when Clark Schmidt is pitching on the mound, which I was in April. He's gone five innings in each of his last five starts, and it's been three earned runs or less. When a back end of the rotation guy gives you that, I know he started the Yankees' second game of the season. That was never supposed to be the case at the beginning of spring training, but. When you're back in, those, when those four or five guys don't get lit up and simply give you a chance, it makes a world's difference. That's, that's my expectation. Five innings, three runs for this version of Clark Schmidt is a very good start in my eyes. Maybe not very good, but a good one in my eyes. Six innings, three earned against the right so- uh, White Sox. Goes into the six against the Red Sox, only allows one earned run. I've seen a lot of good from him lately and he's not special he's not putting up coal numbers obviously but not getting lit up and giving the yankees terrible offense at least a chance is huge yeah yeah, until judge comes back it it all leads back to judge it's it's even more important because if the yankees get down four nothing they're not scoring you know they average six runs a game with with judge and you know and with bader in there the the numbers are, are crazy it's like six runs a game Without Judge, it gets down to under three. You know, you can't have starters, you know, giving up that 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 much. Um, it's 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 been consistent consistent outings. You know, his uh, his last five starts, it's even better. Two point three three ERA in his last five starts. That that's a win. That's a huge win for the Yankees. He looks great in Seattle. Seven strikeouts, five and two thirds innings, three hits total. Seattle's a pretty good team. Baltimore, they're ahead of us in the standings. Five innings, four strikeouts, one and run. Uh, I'll take that. You know, he got lit up by by Tampa in middle, you know, a month ago. But since then, this past month, since this past month, literally a calendar month, he's been very, very good for the Yankees, and it's, it's what they've needed as as a team. And it goes kind of hand in hand with Domingo Herman, who's been awesome since his sticky stuff situation. He looked really good in that the the first sticky situation, um, and then he got ejected. And then he came back and he admitted that he's going to start using less rosin. And we expected, I expected that to lead to uh, a worse player. But since he's, you know, he got a little roughed up in his first start back, coming off the 10 game suspension, which makes sense. But Dodgers, six innings, six and two thirds innings, one run. Uh, Red Sox, six innings, one run. Both of those were solo shots. One mistake in each one of those games, or he's going back to back, no one run starts. And he's four and three. With a three four nine ERA in twelve starts, he has been probably that, the Yankees' second best pitcher behind Cole. Yeah, yeah. Look at you know, yeah, three point four three 
sorry, 3.49 ERA in this AL East is great for Domingo Herman. Like, well, I'll take that from anyone else besides Garrett Cole. If Severino had a 3.49, I'd be happy. If Cortez had that, I'll be happy. Domingo Herman at age 30. <laughs> His breaking stuff down in the zone is filthy. Some sometimes unhittable. Uh, it, it's some of the best stuff in the Yankees rotation, aside from Cole. And when this guy takes the mound, I really look forward to him just making hitters look silly with breaking stuff at the bottom of the zone. And I know he's had quite the career here in New York. I know the Yankees gave him a second chance and he made him look like fools again with the 10 game suspension. But right now in this rotation, he's one of the most important guys, especially with Nestor Cortez on the IL and Luis Severino outside of his first two starts looking really, really bad. Sam, he's got, um, looking at his, his baseball savant here, his chase rate, 94th percentile. Fastball spin, 93rd percentile. His uh, batting average against his off-speed stuff is ridiculous. Sinker, 0.71 bit batting average. Curveball, 1.68 batting average. Changeup, 1.43. His fastballs has been his problem. His fastball is getting hit at a 330 clip, um, and he's given five home runs off, off that fastball. If he could figure out that fastball, it was, it, he's thrown it well, so it's location. So if he could figure out the location of this fastball better, this guy's going to be pitching unbelievably. And he seems to have figured that out in his last two starts. So he, he's become very important for the Yankees, especially with Cortez out for who knows how long. And to, to round up the rotation, especially Severino's been getting shelled his last couple starts. There's a problem with Severino right now. So Domingo Herman is your two. So Cole, Herman, Schmidt, that's that's your one, two, three until Rendon comes back. And that might be in a couple weeks. He you know, he pitched against Double uh, A uh, Somerset um, live batters today, and he's going to be out for a rehab assignment. So a couple, re- he could be back at the same time as Judge right after the All Star break. But you can't stress the importance of what Herman and Schmidt need to do these next three, four weeks. Yeah, and finally, good news on Rendon. I mean, thank the heavens he's heading for that rehab start after facing some batters. I don't know what it would have been like if he did not appear in a game for the Yankees this season. And knock on wood, that's my wooden table. (laughs) Everything goes well. But after the All-Star break is when we kind of mentioned things heating up for Radone. And it looks like Judge, hopefully, and also Ian Hamilton – is facing hitters in Somerset or, or did so the other day. But Severino, I mean, he didn't go long in his first start in against Cincinnati. He looked vintage against the Padres, but Yeah, what happened with what happened now? Like what, what? I mean, against the Dodgers, I remember being out for that game with some friends, just looking up, looking forward to watching it, and then doesn't give him a fucking chance. Lets up six in the First, granted, gives him some length and goes four innings against a, a not good White Sox team. Doesn't get to the sixth inning, and then uh, against the Mets offense, which has been bad, he, he doesn't get out of the fifth, and it's runs basically every inning. I'm hoping he can turn it around. It's a contract year for him. He has a lot of incentive to do so, but my goodness, right now. If you if you get a gun to my head for the playoff rotation, if a healthy Radon comes back, 
Uh, right now, I think the Yankees are a, a wild card team. If you have to say where I believe they would end up, and, and I think the rotations: Cole, Radon, assuming he comes back good, and then Herman. Right now, if if you're thinking that yeah. far ahead, the Yankees long have a lot of work to do. Long way away. <laughs> Um, that's no guarantee that they're in the playoffs. We obviously hope they are, but he, he looks lost. The the command it, isn't there. It, it's so discouraging because, like you said, those first two starts, you were like, "All right, man, this is huge. This is huge." You know, and we talked about him the, the last episode. You're like, "All right, cool. Yeah, that that's Sevy's back. He's our two. We literally had the conversation about how Sevy's going to be the two, and since then." He's given up 16 earned runs in 13 innings. He, he talked about maybe he was tipping versus the Dodgers, but you got to you got to have that figured out, and maybe that's kind of still in his head, and that's leading to you know different mechanics. Um, but he is just he's just serving up meatballs. You know, I think uh, John Boy made the comment of like versus the the White Sox game. I think he tweeted out like because uh, he did go five innings, but it, it didn't look good. And they're like, if you're going to leave Severino for another inning, like put another guy in the outfield because they're hitting every ball into the outfield. It's gonna. It's a problem that he's just giving up meatballs, and we're lucky that you know some of these games are, are lucky that it's only four or five runs. Somehow, you know, we won the Met game. Great. How he only has one loss out of these past three games is surprising, um, and he's gonna have to you know, figure out a way to uh, to get into it because it's he's gonna be up against the Red Sox next, and uh, the, he, we need these are big moments. He li- he likes these moments, and it clearly, he's a guy that if if he doesn't have it. His demeanor changes on the mound. We lose that Sevy fire, and then you, you just got to start the bullpen. It's really rough to have that guy in the rotation, too, where you know the bullpen's going to be working by the fifth inning. It's Or even earlier. It's really, really rough. I think so. they're, you know, they're, they've been up in the third inning. You know, they were up in the first inning for that game. So, like, it's, even if they don't, like, you're like, okay, Sevy gave you length. He's ma- managed four or five innings here, even though he gave up six runs. Like, the bullpen, the guys are still getting up and getting hot. Um, and that's, you know, in the end, that's, it's going to pull wear and tear on them from whenever they eventually come, come on to there, to there. So, and his next start is, I mean, Sunday night baseball against old friend, James Paxton. Um, I'm betting the over in that one. (laughs) I think that's, that one's going to have some, some runs in it. Um, uh, Yankees and Sox again, MLB network Friday night, Fox national Saturday night, ESPN Sunday night. All these uh, huge games, Dodgers, yeah. I mean, Judge played there, but Dodgers, Yank, Dodgers, Yankees, uh, Boston, the Mets, and now but Boston again, and the, the big hitters are, are all out. You know, no Pete Alonso for there. And the Red Sox stink. So you know, these these ESPN. Oh, Sam, actually, while we talk about ESPN, real quick, would you, you watch it on ESPN? Uh, uh, the second game of Wednesday versus the Mets, where they kept going yes. the, the ump cam. Yeah, and how how annoying was the ump cam during live pitches? Couldn't fucking tell what was going on. It's horrible. It needs to be abolished. Um, I, I get it for a replay. It's pretty cool. Like fine, but live, I had no idea where the ball was going. You're totally right. Another thing that needs to be abolished is, and I think I'm speaking for the majority of baseball fans here, kind of transitioning these national. TV Yankees Red Sox games in the year of 2023. Not nobody cares. Nobody cares. It has not been the same since the Yankees won their World Series in 2009. After that season, I just feel like it, it, it watered down. The Red Sox were not good for the next few years. You know, they won their World Series again, but 
a lot of these players that made it great were gone. Jeter, A-Rod, Manny, Poppy, Veritek. He even the loss of uh, Mookie Betts. Like he was – and now they lost Xander Bogarts. Like the, the guys that you want to grow up – I mean, I still hate Devers. And, but I understand that Devers is going to hit a home run every time he faces us. But the, the lack of like hatred for these guys is, is gone. And even in 2018, Steve, during that ALDS – and during the 2021 wildcard game, it did not feel the same to me that it did in the mid-2000s. I, I do have to wonder if it's because we lost, if that, that that makes some difference to it. But but I completely agree. Did Although you the wild- know the, the juice leading up just was not yeah. the same? And this year, too. I mean, the fact that we they didn't play until mid-June, and now we've got six of the eight games, and we talked about this stupid schedule for a while here. But, yeah, it, it doesn't look – especially when you have – in a division here where we're fighting for playoff spots against the Rays, who are the best team in baseball, against the the, the Blue Jays, who come with fire. Uh, too bad their fat ace is down in rookie ball now, but you know them and uh, you know Vladdy and them. They, they come with that that fire and hatred for the Yankees. That was something that you had a lot with the Red Sox players. It's like, and you had the same way with the Yankees players to to the Red Sox here. Like, oh, I hate this team. Uh, the Blue Jays are trying that with the Yankees now, and that does add some fire to, to the rivalry here. But they're look, I mean, like, like you said, the, the, the Rays are a better rivalry. The Blue Jays are a better rivalry. By this time next year, we're going to say, or maybe even now, the the Orioles are a better rivalry. So the, the Red Sox are the least important team to the Yankees in the division, which is crazy. It's Yankees, Red Sox. Even... And, and I'm going to keep beating this drum. Even when both teams were good and met in the playoffs twice in four seasons, I did not feel the same fire that I did from 04 to or 03 to 09 from the time that I became a fan until the Yankees won their world, first World Series. I just did not feel the same. When fire. was the um, probably the last time it got like when when when, where, when was the Joe Kelly uh, Tyler Austin fight? That was the last Yankees Red Sox moment. Beginning of 2018. So yeah, so that's five years. That's over five years ago. So you're right. Look, but we got them. It's big three games. The Yankees now. Like, I don't care who, who's who they're playing now. They're going to Fenway for the first time. Herman Schmidt Severino. <laughs> Not really the uh, you know they miss Cole, which is good I guess for the Red Sox. It, it, they got to win two out of three in Boston. It's, it, it, it's a must. They lost two out of three to this dog shit team last weekend too. So. <laughs> At it, home. It, at home. It really is a must. Um, looking ahead, it's three at Boston, and then they get Seattle again, and then they welcome one of the best teams in all of baseball and a Yankees rival of, you know, the early 2010s. Yeah, they, Texas so is the, back. Texas is back. <laughs> um, they eliminated the Yankees in 2010. Really, I was talking with one of my friends. I said, they legitimately have not been anything since Josh Hamilton left. And they spent a bunch of money. And now I, I didn't like how they place. spent their money. And they're still in first place. You know, I thought they gave Marcus Simeon way too much money. They paid probably the, you know, the, I don't want to say the worst, but like not the top guy shortstop in, 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 in Sager, who's been phenomenal. Um, they gave all that money to Jason, Jacob DeGrom. And he's, he's done. It's been it's been Nathan Avaldi, old friend Avaldi, who's been one of the best pitchers in baseball. They, they they've given the commitment to to spend, um, and it's worked out. And some of their young guys, you know, Ezekiel Duran, 
the the big prize so far from the Joey Gallo trade is lighting it up. So it's gonna suck to see him good. When you know, we'll, we'll see if we get on and talk about the the rate that before that. But it's gonna be a stark difference in lineups when you see the how the Rangers are playing versus how the Yankees are playing. That that those games could get ugly. Um, that that's a team that puts the ball in play and gets on base. And we shared earlier the Yankees are 29th in all of baseball and on base percentage. So we got to uh, figure that shit out pretty, pretty quickly yeah. here. <laughs> we had presses kicked at the end of April there. It was three out of four. They won the one game Cole started, and then two of those games were ugly, if I recall. I know the Sunday game was something like 14 to one, but, uh, you know, three against Boston, three against Seattle, three against Texas, and then we'll hop back on for that off day on Monday before a trip that includes Oakland. Um, then it gets soft. Yeah. 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 So that'll be, um, that'll be it. We'll, we'll see some, we'll see some, uh, some fireworks there. Somehow the Yankees, despite all this, um, if you're still following the hashtag NYY home run tracker is still active. Yankees are fourth in all of baseball with 104 home runs. Obviously Aaron judge leading the way there. Um, it's been boom or bust for a lot of guys in in this lineup. Um, it's crazy when you look at the fact that the Yankees are 24th in total hits, but fourth in home runs. So they're they're making the hits count. But I need to see more of these hits start happening, um, and we still need to see some of these these more home runs um, that happen too. Uh, yeah, the Bronx Bombers. We we, we need it. We need it. Uh, I am going to be Sam. I'm excited as we, as we wrap it up here. Wednesday, Herman versus Castillo. I will be in the Bronx for the first time all year. I, I am pumped to get it. Got some legend seats from the office and uh, making the journey up north. Uh, will not be taking 95, which magically collapsed in Philadelphia. But I'm excited for my first trip to the Bronx here. Um, and, of course, it's got to be against Castillo, who we all wanted to. Uh, the Yankees to make that as their, their deadline acquisition last year. I just found out as well that I am going to be in New Jersey for a little bit of July, but it is the all-star break when I'm there. But I'm going to be spending a couple of weeks, uh, starting with Labor Day through mid-September in uh, New Jersey. I am still down in Florida right now, but I am definitely looking to get to a game. And uh, when the Yankees are down here in Miami, um, I am in Fort Lauderdale, but I am going to make the treacherous commute for hopefully two of those games, definitely one, uh, the weekend of August 11th. Through. A long time away, yeah, yeah. Uh, I am. We got maybe maybe we'll change the luck. Maybe I'll go on Wednesday and bring them the luck until you can uh, they can hold off until until you see them in uh, in August. But it's a good lot. Seattle, I'm excited. Seattle's a good good team. They got a couple really good. You know, uh, obviously Julio Rodriguez is really good. Jared Kletnick, um is is a young star up there, and Castillo on the mound could could uh, could really shut down this lineup in a hurry. So we'll see. You know, three versus Boston. And and three versus uh, Seattle. So let's just go with there, Sam. What what are the predictions we need for the next six for the Yankees? You want to you want to say four and two, uh, five and one. I'd love to sweep in Fenway. I don't think it's going to happen. The Red Sox have been bad at home, so uh, four and two, and then um, coming yeah. back home after the staying home after the Seattle series, 
and facing Texas. Uh, we'll hop back on after that series more than likely. But um, yeah, so yeah, I mean, that's uh, nine games. Oh yeah, nine games. Just give me, give me five and four. Honestly, like I said, I'd just tread water and be and be five hundred. I'm the right Red there so- with you. Beat the Red Sox twice, beat Seattle twice, and try not to get swept. That, that puts us at five and four. <laughs> yep, got Domingo Herman, who has been one of the Yankees' best pitchers starting it off. Friday. Yeah, Herman's going to be key because he gets the first series here, and then he gets another one. Ver- you know that in that Wednesday game I'm going to. You know that, that those are two huge games here. That will, those two games will make the difference if Herman can continue what he's been doing and, and continue what we talked about a lot this episode. That could be the difference between a uh, six and three, five and four, or Two and seven. You got that right, Steve. Um, have a wonderful time on Wednesday in the Bronx. I'm jealous uh, with the legend seats. I am I extremely jealous. Crab leg deep uh, by the first inning for sure. <laughs> Love to hear it. Uh, all right. That's going to wrap up this episode of Podcast in, in Pinstripes on the Gotham Sports Network. As always, you could follow myself at AngelSteve89 on uh, Twitter and on TikTok, where I'll be giving out one pick a day. The kid is hot. I don't know if you're following Sam on TikTok. The kid oh, is, I am. He's coming back. It, it was a really rough May, but but June June's been plus six units so far. So don't forget to follow for for daily picks there. And you can find Sam at uh, Real Sam Mars uh, on Twitter as well. All right, Steve. Um, big week ahead. Let's let's head into July really strong. Let's do it. All right. Happy Father's Day to all the dads out there, and we'll see you guys next episode. Thanks for listening. Happy Father's Day, Steve. Go Yanks. Thank you, bud.